Original 16 gives you the chance to win one of three Calgary Flames fan experiences. Details in the new limited edition 15 packs of Canadian Pale Ale. Original 16, official beer sponsor of the Calgary Flames. Must be legal drinking age, no purchase necessary. All right, welcome inside Flames Post Game Live. It's brought to you by Original 16. Tonight, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs in town to take on the Calgary Flames. And uh, entertaining hockey game, and it results in a 4-3 victory for the visitors. Despite the fact the Flames thought they had the equalizer in the third period, it was not meant to be uh, overturned on the coach's challenge. We'll get into all of that and more uh, here in just a moment. But uh, let's first talk about a hockey game that seemed to have some ebbs and flows and maybe a story of a couple of different periods. Uh, the Flames real good in the first, had the lead, and then uh, the Leafs quickly ripped it out of their hands in the second. What did you make of uh, tonight? Yeah, for the most part, this hockey game followed almost all of the storylines that we've been listening yeah. to, hearing about between the Leafs and Flames beforehand. The Flames come out, get off to a great start. Um, they completely controlled that whole first period. The, the Leafs really had no life. They hardly had any chances. All the better of the chances came at the hands of the Calgary Flames. But you lose track of number 34 for just a split second at yeah. the end of that period. And beautiful move by him, pulls the puck between his legs and rips one past Dan Vladar. And that really kind of sent the second period into a tailspin for the Calgary Flames. Uh, they did a great job of sticking to their game, riding the ship. And, you know, after four unanswered goals by the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're still in this game. And they make it 4-3 and they're scrapping, clawing, trying to come back in this game. And then that other storyline that we've been following, the Toronto Maple Leafs not being able to score in the yeah. third period and get the, get the job done. Well, that held true, the first part of it. They didn't score a goal in the third period, but I guess their defense got it done tonight. We were talking about it, and I know uh, you guys were the same way. When you look at a third period, it really did sort of fit that storyline. Uh, you got a team winning four straight, a team losing four straight, and uh, could it continue? A third period comeback versus... Uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs trying to lock it down, and for a moment there, it looked like it was going to kind of play out that same way. Yeah, and the Calgary Flames did a good job of trying to force the issue in that third period, but yeah. in the same breath, they gave up some grade-A chances sure. in that third yeah. period, and their goaltender had to stand huge just to keep it a close game in that third. Well, let's take a look at how it all goes down here tonight. Uh, look at your highlights, and it goes all the way back to the first period, and uh, it actually started with... The first shift of the hockey game, a couple of chances for Andrew Mangiapane. They didn't go in, but it would be a little bit later on that they would find the first one on this night. And it's Yegor Sharangovich with the nice hands in the slot. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about this line as of late. Huberto back in action tonight. Uh, just seemed to kind of pick up right where they left off a couple of games ago. And good chemistry, really good puck movement by this group in the first period. And they get rewarded with a nice one here. So Sharon Govich has 19 on the season. That gave the Flames a 1-0 early lead. And then they go to work on the power play. They're one for three on the night, but this was their first man advantage of the night. Maybe get a little uh, help, a lucky bounce, but uh, Nansen Kadri will take it anyway. Yeah, and it's just, it's kind of laughable and fitting that it's off of the ex-captain's blade and in his yeah. own net. He yeah. saw a look of disgust on his face, but this is good. It was Calgary, a change up though. Calgary Flames need any help that they can get on the power play right now. Well, they sure, uh, they sure could, and uh, in this case, it gives them a 2-0 lead. And here's the goal that, as you described, it's kind of a failed dump-in that ends up going off the skate of Nick DeSimone, but right to the most dangerous player in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, and I've been in situations like this as a defenseman. You're watching your partner. DeSimone tries to play. You think it's going to clear. Osterley gets caught again watching, and 
Matthews. It just bounces right to him, but he makes an unbelievable move there to split the defenseman, and there was no question where that shot was going. And again, it's two to one. Didn't think it was going to have this big of an impact on the game, momentum-wise, but here's the second period. Yeah, and it really did carry over. This was a, an extended shift on the delayed penalty. The Calgary Flames were going into the penalty box, and uh, instead it was uh, probably about 30 to 40 seconds of zone time, and then the Leafs capitalized on Matthew's second of the night. Yeah, they were in zone. Uh, I'm going to use the phrase, the Flames were seeing elephants out there. They could barely move their legs, and the Leafs took advantage of it. They got their extra body on the ice. They started snapping it around. It's a beautiful cross-crease pass, and... You know who's not going to miss from there, number 34. Yeah, no question. So second of the night, 36 on the season, leads the National Hockey League and not done there. This is the actual power play. So one was the delayed uh, power play or the delayed uh, penalty. And then here is the four on three power play. And uh, you said snapping around. That's that's kind of what we saw there. Yeah, and we talked about it a little earlier. Like, look at that, those four out there. Tavares, Matthews, Marner, the four and forwards. Nylander. Yeah. Um, you got some pretty sweet talent out there, pretty sweet hands, and they make the Calgary Flames pay on that man advantage. 19 on the year for Marner, and uh, they weren't done yet. This was the one uh, puck that bounces right back out, and you say uh, a guy that just sort of finds the puck in, in scoring, in dangerous scoring positions, Matthews has the hat trick. And we'll place a little onus on the defense here. You gotta know who you're out on the ice against. You gotta pick up sticks, you gotta be hard on these top players, and yeah, he's going to the net, and he's a special player, but not a great save by Vladar there. It sneaks away from him and got to pick up Matthews in the slot. But luckily, uh, a little bit of life at the end of the second period. We'll uh, go over this one a little bit closer later on. It was originally called off. Uh, kicking motion was the call on the ice, but they'd review it, and uh, it would count. Why? Well, right here we see it's going to go off of Manjupani's two skates. And then just at the very end, Lilgren gets a little piece of that before it's going in and uh, that negates the kicking motion. It touches a Leafs player, and this is a good goal. It's a rule that we'll talk about a little bit later because I wasn't fuzzy, I wasn't clear on how exactly it worked, especially since it hit you both of the skates. I was fuzzy, <laughs> and maybe still continue to be fuzzy, but either way, uh, it's Manjapani that gets credit for it. So uh, that's the last of the highlights, and yet it seemed like so much happened, uh, even though apparently I'm fuzzy on it. Uh, maybe let's, before we go any further, let's talk about the third period, no goal. Uh, Flames think they tie this game up. Connor Zeri gets the goal. The goal itself was fine. The play itself was fine. That scores the goal. It was uh, the moments before that, and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs call the timeout. They get an extra look at it and eventually challenge on uh, on a hand pass and that there was a missed stoppage. So uh, we'll take a look at it here. But, you know, disappointing in that it comes uh, yeah, takes quite a while, and they determine that it was... Hand yeah, passed. And this is, you know, you think the Calgary Flames are right back in this game, but we're going to see Connor Zari, little innocent backhander. Jones doesn't handle it very well. Cash is in. We think that the game is tied. But if we look closely here, Bertuzzi's trying to clear this puck. And Coleman, I, you know, he's trying to get a piece of it, just trying to keep it in the zone. And now it's a Flames player touches it. We're not sure if Tavares gets a little piece. They have a close look at this yeah. right here. He doesn't. Osterly over to the other side, or back to Backland, over to the other side, to Zari, yeah. it's in the net. The one thing I don't like is it's a pretty savvy play. Sure. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs call a timeout to buy themselves extra time to look and review. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's not going to come into question as the league moves forward with all the reviews and how impactful they are. Right. If they're going to not implement some type of structure as to whether or not you're able to still use your timeout to buy time to yeah. call the challenge. Because... Right. If this play might have moved on, the Calgary Flames might have got away with one 
tie game, off you go. But again, yeah. it was definitely a key that they called that timeout. And it was so close. And obviously, you know, the other thing, the discrepancy there is you say hand pass, and it looks like it just sort of grazes the bottom of his hand. He's clearly not gloving it down. But it's been pretty consistently called that way in the offensive zone. Um, but, but we've also seen teams do that where they'll delay, you know, the line change, take a little bit longer. Guys kind of hang around the bench, in essence, you know, calling anything, the, the, to buy anything to buy time. And this one they actually officially called the timeout just to make sure they got it right. Well, and just like that hand pass with Manjapani, and we look at that goal, yeah. it's not like he's trying to kick it at the net. He's just trying to corral yeah. the puck. It's yeah. not a real kicking motion. And I'm still a little bit gray on that as well. Yeah. I thought it had to be a definite kicking motion. It can't just glance off because it kind of glances off as he's trying to corral off of his left skate. Yeah, yeah. And then he's trying to kick it back it up. Definitely, he's not trying to kick it off of his right skate. So right here, he's just trying to corral the puck with his skate and get a piece of it. Yeah. It goes off of his other skate, but that's not intentionally directed at the empty net. Right. He's just trying to get it somewhere where he can make a play with his stick. Yeah. So again, that leaves me. In a pickle. I know. The only thing we're missing tonight, we, we had the hat trick on the other side, but we could have had the hat trick of controversial calls if we could have just mixed in one offside. If there was one. And we would have had the trifecta. The, the trifecta. Those are the toughest ones. Just quickly before we move on from this, I know we got Rasmus Sanderson, but we were talking about if Lilligren actually lets that puck go in, which you can't really wrap your head around as a defenseman, but if he lets that puck go in, it would have been no goal. So that's the real mind bender yeah, of all Yeah, and of it. Eric Francis tonight did some investigative work. Yeah called the, the war room, got, yeah. spoke with Kay Whitmore for a second, and he led us to believe that if that went off of Manjapani's toe after the kicking mo motion from one foot to right. the next and that crossed the goal line, that it probably was going to be called back. Right, all right. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> to be determined. Yes. Uh, that's, a, that's a story for another day, though. Uh, let's hear from uh, some of the Calgary Flames. And uh, the first member inside the Calgary Flames locker room is uh, Rasmus Anderson. Get his thoughts post-game following the 4-3 loss here tonight. Lindy's take out of his hands in front of their net in the second. They slash Colsey's hands that break his sticks. Break his stick, no call. And then um, they slashed um, Rosie before their third or fourth goal. And no call similar to Lindy's play. And then... And then uh, we get we get one at the end. That was the reason for my frustration. But you know, it's um, you shouldn't get frustrated like that. I got to keep my emotions in check. And um, but you know, it's a tight game, and you know you, you want to win. And uh, just uh, yeah, um, it happens. Were you okay with the team's response after? Because that's a gut punch when that goal gets disallowed. Yeah, um, it sucks. But uh, you know, those are the rules now. You know, you can challenge and. Um, and it is what it is, and um, and but we don't lose the game there. We lose the game in the second period. We're yes. way too way too many turnovers in the in a neutral zone, and uh, after you know against a team like that, and uh, you know if you give Matthews the pink, he he takes all hand, and that's the way he is, and uh, he's a hell of a player, and uh, he showed that today. Is it, is it tough when you feel like you've outworked your opponent for most of the game? And you just don't get I don't know if we were outworked them. Um, we had a good first period. That uh, they had a good second period, and um, you know the fourth period. Obviously, we were going to come with a push, and you know we knew uh, that they'd blown a couple leads uh, in the previous games before. So we, uh, but you know they played a smart period. Uh, they were in our zone quite a bit in the third too. So I, I don't know if we, if we outworked them or not. But you know we had a we had a really good first period, and then we let the game uh, get away from us in the second. 
Uh, I'll worry about that on Saturday. I, I have no time to worry about the Oilers today. Just on Dan Vladar and how he came guys in with a couple big saves in the third round. Yeah, he's a good goalie. He made some good saves in the in the third, and uh, you know that's what you need against. Uh, that's what you need from your goalie when uh, when you play against elite players. And uh, Vladi was uh, Vladi was really good today. What lessons can you get out of this? Um, clean up our neutral zone. Uh, too sloppy, too many turnovers, and uh, as I said, if you give time to good players, they're they're gonna score. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, second period. Uh, I thought we played with some energy in the first. Uh, they get that late goal, gets momentum to them, and they bring that into the second period, I thought. And uh, we were turning puck over too much in the neutral zone, um, making hard on ourselves and feeding them. They're a really highly skilled team, and if you feed them, they're going to um, eventually capitalize, and that's what they did. What were your thoughts on the, on the challenge? Uh, I haven't seen enough of it. Um, so, uh, I mean, they looked at it for a long time, so I assume it's the right call. Uh, what was going through like the team during that six-on-five delayed penalty, unable to clear the puck out in that first period that led to, to their goal there? Um, yeah, it was a long shift. Um, we had some chance to get the puck out, and uh, we didn't, and they um, got all their firepower on the ice, uh, next amount on the ice, and they capitalized. Well, I think uh, we're playing a similar team on Saturday, so um, I think uh, we got to learn from tonight. Um, know that the second period, the way we played, uh, turning too many pucks over is going to cost us, and it's going to be a similar thing on Saturday. Uh, highly skilled team coming in on Saturday, too, so uh, we got to learn from tonight and bounce back on Saturday. Well, you're up 2 nothing. you hit a post on that breakaway, and then they come back and score 90 seconds later. just kind of shows how quickly a game can turn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I thought we had, like I said, some good energy in the first, play some good hockey, and when they score, when they tie, they got some momentum energy, and, and, and it's, like I said, in the second there, they were a better team. So, yeah, um, we, uh, yeah, we were playing well, but uh, like you said, it can turn quickly. Can you just speak to the emotion of it? I mean, it looked like you were gaining momentum with Majapani's goal, then you tie it in the third period, only to find out minutes later you didn't tie it. Like that roller coaster. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I... Uh, as soon as I saw it, it hit something, and I thought maybe it was a hand. I wasn't sure, uh, but I kept playing, obviously. And then we score, and I was really excited. But I had it back in my head; it might be, might look at it. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, that was tough. Uh, we, uh, I think, after that, it, we, we had a little bit of a push, but um, just not what we usually have. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll bounce back on. Sorry. This team's been pretty happy with the sort of recent role. So, when you talk about bouncing back Saturday, like how how do you kind of digest what happened tonight and just say, okay, let's get back to what's made us successful? Yeah, I think uh, like I said uh, tonight, if we learn from tonight, we'll have a, bit, a really good chance of winning on Saturday because uh, we're playing a very similar team. Um, and uh, if you do the right things and play the way we can with high pace and play the right way, um, then uh, we're going to have a uh, good game and have a good chance to win. Thanks, Blake. Enjoy. Thanks. Thank you.
All right, there's some uh, thoughts from uh, the captain, Michael Backlund. And uh, let's, before we hear uh, from somebody else coming up uh, in the locker room, I think it's Blake Coleman. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Dan Vladar. We heard uh, him mention a couple of times in the postgame already. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, his third period specifically. And uh, it finishes as a 4-3 game, but uh, maybe not if not for your goaltender and some of the stops he made, particularly in the third period. Yeah, third period is outstanding. And we're going to see a few of them here right now. Um, couple of breakaways and this one Mitch Marner gloves in the right spot and that's a sweet save and yep. I think we're going to see another one right away this is not the same one obviously it's Max Domi coming in not an easy save he's trying to go under the arm here Vladar nice traps it gets a little piece of it and I thought he was great for the majority of the night I think you'd only maybe want one goal back and that would probably be that fourth one he didn't handle it quite well with yeah, his glove rebound, yeah. it was a bit of a tough rebound but Look at this string of saves that we keep seeing on here. You're yep. robbing Matthews late. Nylander had a great cross-crease pass to Brody. Brody, yeah. Stones him on that one. So, again, without Dan Vladar, this game's probably six or seven to two or three yep. in the third period. He made some incredible saves and gave his team a chance to win tonight. No question. Uh, Dan Vladar, sensational uh, 29 stops on the night and uh, in a losing cause, unfortunately, uh, for his behalf. And uh, tonight, let's go back inside the locker room. Let's hear from uh, Blake Coleman now. Uh, your perspective on the play that got overturned? I mean, I guess it did hit your glove. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I, honestly, I didn't. I thought they were looking at somebody else. Um, just one of those things where you don't even realize it happened. But um, yeah, obviously they reviewed it and it is what it is. How about the emotion of going through the up, of maybe tying it and then finding out it's not happening? Yeah, it's a tough, tough bounce. Obviously, it's a completely different game there if it's four-four, and um, you know. It seemed like it must have been close enough that it took him that long to make a decision to challenge. So it's unfortunate that it came down to that call, but uh, you know, even with that call, we got to find a way to even it up. That call, I suppose, aside, what what did you think was the difference out there tonight? Uh, just a couple couple neutral zone turnovers, and um, you know, they have guys that can can make you pay, and uh, one in particular, and and he did tonight. Um, yeah, two nothing lead, game in hand, and we give them one, and then uh, they get a little bit of life, and you know they, they're a team that can capitalize if you let them hang around. That's no secret that Austin Matthews is capable of that, but it's a good reminder, especially with Edmonton coming into town this weekend, that these elite guys can kill you if they are given any time and space. Yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit more so than some others, but either way, it's mistakes that you can't make against anybody in this league. It's it's the NHL, but uh, yeah, obviously we let a a couple guys beat us tonight, and um, you know it was just a little bit of a uh, drop in our um, just situational awareness, I guess. But um, you know, I'll hold myself accountable. I thought I was garbage all night, so I'll be better this weekend, and I expect everybody else to look in the mirror and be the same. Sure. Any game against the Oilers is uh, is an exciting one. I expect the crowd will be similar to how it was tonight. And um, you know, Saturday night, no place you'd rather be. Original 16 gives you the chance to win one of three Calgary Flames fan experiences. Details in the new limited edition 15 packs of Canadian Pale Ale. Original 16, official beer sponsor of the Calgary Flames. Must be of legal drinking age. No purchase necessary.
All right, welcome back inside Flames Post Game Live, brought to you by Original 16. Just heard from uh, three members of the Calgary Flames inside the locker room, and uh, now we get set to hear from the head coach following a 4-3 loss at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs, despite uh, thinking they found the equalizer in the third, only to be overturned on the challenge by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm sure that'll be among the conversation talking points as uh, we listen in to head coach Ryan Huska now. A differing view between different players. One said we lost on that review. The other said we didn't lose it on that review. No, no, not not at all. How did you see the review? Um, it's hey, it hit his hand. What are you gonna do? I mean, that's it's not really a, a hand pass per se, but it hit his hand. So they took a long time to look at it, and um, that is the right call. Did they? Uh, did you like the response from your team after that, or did they not respond? Uh, you know, I, I the response was okay. Um, I thought we had an excellent first period. I thought we did some stupid things in the neutral zone tonight in the second period, which allowed them to get themselves back in the game. So that one's all on us. And, you know, that's the frustrating part. And then I thought we had some pushback in the third again. But, um, you know, against teams that have high-end skilled players, you and do that, that's what's going to happen. It did seem like the game turned a little bit on that six-on-five delayed penalty where – uh, a couple of guys can clear the puck at your own end. How did you see that? Didn't turn in our own end, not clearing it. Started in the neutral zone. Those turnovers, was it more of a mental thing, discipline? How do you explain that? Um, to me, I look at it as a selfish thing, that side of the game. So that's that's the unfortunate part of tonight's game for us. Yeah. Do you have any updates on Pospisil? No, I don't. I'm sorry. How did you find that uh, was Brzezicka and Dubé filled in and spot duty on that line? Uh, I thought Adam. I thought Adam did a good job tonight. Is there any value? I mean, it's not like it's a secret that Austin Matthews is an elite, skilled player, but is there any value in sort of, you know, learning that lesson that that's what happens when you make mistakes with a guy like him on the ice? Well, I would hope so. Um, you know, when you look at some of the games that we've dropped this year, um, a, a lot of times when we get into trouble five on five because of stupid plays in the neutral zone. So when you've got a player like that on the ice, you need to take care of the puck. So same thing we're going to see here in a couple nights. Well, you don't, you know, it's hard for, I couldn't see in the corner. I saw the, the video review probably like everybody else um, after the fact. So it, it, it didn't look good, but um, from what I understand, he's doing okay. I haven't got an official update on him yet, but, um, you know, hopefully it's not something that keeps him out a long time. Will Vladar's performance tonight uh, influence your decision for Saturday? I don't know. We'll have to see. Tomorrow's a day, day off for the players, so we'll have some conversations about it, and we'll make that call tomorrow. Jacob is back. Yep. Yep. Good chance Jacob is back. <laughs> we'll see. It's a chance. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Uh, interesting note there at the end. Obviously, uh, Jacob Markstrom has been skating. Obviously, uh, out with a lower body injury the last two. Dan Vladar gets to start, but uh, a chance we see him on Saturday. Maybe that's where we shift the conversation as we close out the postgame show here because it's going to be a date against uh, your provincial rivals. First time in, you know. I think over a year since the yeah, Oilers have been in this building, but December of 22 was yeah. the last time that uh, they were here. So great scheduling. Been a long time. It's yeah. been a long time, um, and uh, they just happen to be on a 12-game win streak after tonight too. So yeah. who did they take down tonight? Seattle. Yeah, Seattle 4-2. I think was the final there up in Edmonton. Uh, ironically, trailed 2-0 in that hockey game. Came back and won it. So, um, but to pick up on what. Head coach Ryan Huska was just talking about uh, the neutral zone is obviously an area of focus that he uh, is looking at. Less about 
the no goal in the third and uh, more about the neutral zone. And uh, that's, that's going to be a big part of Saturday as well. Yeah, and that's part of your job as a professional on the other side. When you know who you're up against, we look at the Leafs' firepower tonight, and it got the better of the Calgary Flames. You look at what's coming into the building with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, um, and a 12-game winning streak. Yeah. You've got to you know, spend some time as a player getting prepared. Um, it's easy to say, but it's sometimes hard to do. You've got to know who you're on the ice against almost shift after shift. Uh, when you're getting line matchups and things are changing, I know for a defenseman like myself, defensive pairings, there are certain things that you could try and certain things you could do, certain plays that you could make or couldn't make, depending on who was on the ice. Right. And it's that critical. And tonight, the Flames, you know, were a little sloppy with a couple pucks. Austin Matthews is on the ice. That's not the time. you got to bear down on pucks, maybe do something different, maybe simplify. And again, that'll have, they'll have to really manage the puck well through that neutral zone come this game on Saturday. Yeah, no one's saying it, but uh, we all know that uh, the neutral zone especially, they're going to feast off of... Uh, Anything turned over in the neutral zone or in the offensive zone, and that'll be uh, an area, a focal point, I suppose, on Saturday night. Yeah, the old make them go 200 feet. It never gets old. It'll come out of the coach's mouth, I'm sure, yeah, and it's yeah. a good lesson to live by against some teams. For sure. And uh, and a lesson learned here tonight is a 4-3 uh, loss to the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs despite uh, a first period where they uh, had a 2-0 lead and 2-1 after one. It was uh, the Leafs that found all their offense in the second period, and it was the difference in this hockey game as they win it uh, in their second and final head-to-head -head meeting of the season. As for what's next for the Calgary Flames, this six-game homestand continues. It's a date against the Edmonton Oilers, their first trip in a long time into the Scotiabank Saddledome, and they'll do it on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, and the Battle of Alberta. Thanks for watching Flames Post Game Live, brought to you by Original 16. We'll see you on Saturday night.